Welcome to Dream Gardens, where we talk up the children's books we love. My name is Jody Lima, and on this twice-monthly podcast, hosted on the first and third Monday of each month, I interview other kids' books enthusiasts about their own favorite children's books. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Anita Nada Amin, and we're going to be talking about both her picture book, Raja's Pet Camel, The Magic of Hope, as well as the book she picked as her favorite kids' book, uh, which is Snow and Rose by Emily Winfield Martin. And I'm going to read a poem before I get to that interview, just like I always do. Uh, But before that, I'm going to do something I almost never do, which is a little self-promotion. That's not entirely true, since I'm always trying to promote Dream Gardens. Uh, But here I mean promote something besides this podcast. Uh, Namely, I'm going to mention that I have my own children's novel coming out this year. Uh, The name of the book is Hushabye. It's a middle-grade horror novel, and it will be coming out August 24th, uh, 2021, uh, and published by Viking Children's Books. It's my first book, uh, or it's my first published book anyway, and I'm really looking forward to it. Anyway, if you want to know more, such as what the cover looks like, uh, which is pretty neat and a little scary, as it should be, uh, you can visit my author page at jodylemont.com. I'll tell you more as we get closer to that day, and I'll try not to be too annoying about it. Anyway, as always, like I said, I am going to read a poem. I thought, with everything else going on, this seemed like a really good time for a completely silly poem. So that's what I picked. Uh, this one is called, This Poem is Not About a Dog, and it was written by Ken Nesbitt. This Poem's Not About a Dog This poem's not about a dog. It's not about a cat. It's not about a fish or frog or anything like that. It's also not about my shoe, or cows from outer space, or purple pigs from Timbuktu, or weasels on your face. This poem's not the slightest bit about some guy named Fred. There are no robot ducks in it, or hippos overhead. It's not about electric sheep, or 85 times 9, or watching Grandpa fall asleep, or cheese from Liechtenstein. It's not about a hungry hog who ate a bowling ball. This poem's not about a dog, or anything at all. My guest today is Anita Nada Amin, author of several chapter books including The Legacy of Rashmi Bazaar. Her latest picture book is Raja's Pet Camel, The Magic of Hope, which was published last year. Uh, you can find her website at www.anitaaminbooks.com. Uh, thank you for joining me, Anita. Thank you so much, Jody, for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it, and I'm glad to be here. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, you have uh, a book that came out fairly recently, uh, Raja's Pet Camel, uh, The Magic of Hope. Can you talk a little bit of what that book is about? Sure. Um, So Raja's Pet Camel, The Magic of Hope, uh, came out uh, October 1st, 2020, and it's uh, written by me, illustrated by Parwinder Singh, and published by Cardinal Rule Press. And it's about a little boy named Raja who lives in in India, and he wants to keep a stray uh, baby camel as his pet. But the camel t- uh, turns out to be really rambunctious um, and naughty. And so his father wants nothing to do with the stray <laughs> camel and decides uh, to sell it at the next fair. So Raja has to find a way to keep his camel, hopefully by winning the camel race at that fair. Um, so the book is about hope and perseverance. 
And what was the uh, inspiration for this story for you? Yeah, so my, my family is originally from the Thar Desert in Rajasthan, India, which is where this book takes place. And I have a very strong connection um, to that particular uh, part of India. Uh, it's very vibrant and colorful. There's just a lot of contrast there. And I, I like to bring that into a lot of my, my writing. And um, a, a few years ago, I actually, I, I was looking back through old notes and I didn't realize, I thought it was just a few years that I had been writing this um, and going through the publication process with this book. But I actually started this as a story idea about 11 years ago. It, it, I started it, it was going to be a short story. Um, and it started when I found a, an old photo I had taken in the Thar Desert from one of my visits um, back there. I was born and raised in the United States, but I would go back and visit during the summers. Um, and it was a little boy playing with his camel. So... <laughs> So that inspired me to write uh, to write Roger's pet camel, um, along with the, the the memory that there are so many animals in that area. You know, you've got monkeys, camels, peacocks, donkeys, cows, all over the place. You know, in this in this barren area, it's so full of life. But most of those animals are for working; they don't really play. You know, so I, I started thinking, what would it be like if this camel was this little boy's pet, and it and it was rambunctious. So that's how the story came about. And uh, you talk about the landscape is very important. So how important were the illustrations or, or getting those right in this book, and how how much sort of back and forth there was there about uh, the text and the illustrations. Yeah, so I was really thrilled when uh, my publisher, Cardinal Rule Press, they uh, they picked some uh, illustrators. And Parwinder Singh is uh, an illustrator who lives in India. Ah. Um, so, so I was thrilled with that because I was very concerned, you know, about all of the cultural nuances, you know, to even the smallest thing, you, you want to make sure it's it's portrayed correctly. You know, so that because I, I I'm hoping children will also learn more about the culture as well. You know, so I, I don't want I didn't want anything portrayed incorrectly, obviously, and, and neither did anyone else. Um, so that that was um, I, I was thrilled to see that because he he of course knows all about <laughs> you know the culture in India. He lives there. He was born and raised there, um, and he his illustrations are very vibrant and and colorful and whimsical um, and bright. You know, just like just like the country is very, uh, you know, has it's full of color and, and very bright and vivid. Um, so he his illustrations really bring this book to life, I think. And what would you want kids to, uh, to get out of it who are to read this or have it read to them? Yeah, so I hope, um, you know, a couple things. When, when I write, I, I write to spread hope and and I hope that children come away, you know, when they read any of my books uh, with the feeling that their potential is limitless, that they can do anything they set their mind to. And that's what I hope they take away from Raja's pet camel. You know, Raja is faced with faced with with problems throughout the book, but he never gives up hope. You know, so he keeps trying. And so that's what I, I hope to portray, you know, and through this book, I hope children will 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 dream big and, um, you know, keep trying and never give up hope. 
And and I'm just curious about um, uh, the the process of actually writing a picture book because I've often mentioned on this show that I don't think people realize that the challenges of writing a picture book because I think people assume because it's it's short that it's easy, and that's not always the case. So what was your process in making sure you got it? kind of just right, because it is a challenge, actually, to make something that, uh, you know, fits in a certain number of pages. Yes, yeah. I, you know, I actually, I started out in the magazine world about 13 years ago, and so I wrote short stories for magazines for about um, 10 years and only started with picture books about three years ago. So, so I thought moving from magazine short stories to picture books would be you know, easy, you know, because of the word count, they're, you know, comparable lengths, when in fact, actually, probably chapter books are more, uh, is probably a more natural transition from, from magazine stories. Um, because the, you know, the page, the picture books, obviously, you have to worry about tur- page turns, the artwork also um, tells uh, much of the story as well. So keeping all of that in mind, you know, in the writing process, this uh, book was probably about double the length and I had to go back and cut out a lot of the description I had put in there, which I would normally put into a, a short story. Yeah, it's it's the, I mean, you have to choose your words carefully and there are no wasted words and you have to figure out exactly, just exactly what words you want to use. Yes. Uh, so uh, could you, sh- uh, would you like to share part of that book with us? Sure. So, you know, like I said, I, I like for children, I, you know, I hope children will take away that they should never give up hope. So I, I wanted to share this spread. This is after um, Raja has asked dad, can he keep his camel? Um, and his dad has decided he wants to sell it at the fair. So it starts off, the fair was only weeks away. Raja was heartbroken until he remembered the camel race there. We can win big money, Raja told Kamal. Kamal is his camel. Then Bapu will be so pleased he'll never want to sell you. And Bapu is the dad. They, they trained every afternoon during Bapu's nap time. Raja pulled and pushed Kamal. Kamal wouldn't move. Raja scolded and coaxed Kamal. Kamal still wouldn't move. Raja took a break and ate dates. Kamal wanted some. I think we can win. Kummel was a fast runner when dates were the prize. See, so he's he hasn't given up hope. He's found another way to try and solve the problem. Um, so, so I think that's important for for anybody to keep in mind if if they have a problem. To you know, there are, there are, there's more than one way to solve it, and sometimes we limit ourselves in terms of what we can do. You know, and, and instead we should be trying to break out of that box and look at other possibilities of solving a problem. I think that kids are really responsive to when it's told in the form of a story, um, something that they can relate to or that's interesting or, you know, that they that gets their attention in some way. Then they sort of um, make those connections a little bit better when, when you put it in the form of a story. Yes, definitely. I, I think so, because it, I think, you know, stories help us think, you know, and and sometimes we find our solutions in those stories, um, you know, and the answers we we normally wouldn't have thought of when we see somebody else doing it. And now the book you picked as one of your particular favorite uh, books for young readers is uh, called Snow and Rose, which was written by Emily Winfield Martin, and it was published in 2017. Uh, for readers who haven't read this book, and before you picked this, I hadn't read it myself, and now I have and really enjoyed it. Can you talk a little bit about what this book is about? Sure. So 
you know, I grew up reading fairy tales. I love fairy tales. And so when I saw Snow and Rose, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to love this book um, because it, it's, it was inspired by, um, she says, Emily Winfield Martin um, says it was inspired by um, Snow White and Rose Red, which was a Grimm's fairy tale. So, and it's the story of two sisters, Snow White and Rose Red. And this, her book starts off, you know, they're, they're living a very opulent lifestyle, um, but suddenly their father goes missing. And so, you know, the, the two girls and their mom are thrown out of their homes and forced to live in a hut in the woods, a cottage in the woods. So it's about how their their life, you know, their transition to this life and what has happened to their father. So it's about their search for their father as well. So so I, I really like this. I, I like fairy tales. <laughs> so this is, uh, it, it's a nice spin. It's actually a, a little bit different from um, the original fairy tale. Um, the original fairy tale, Snow White um, was the more mature one in the fairy tale and more stable and Rose Red was the more impetuous one. And it's actually flipped in Emily Winfield Martin's book. So the characters are, are kind of flipped. And in the, the fairy tale, they were poor to begin with um, and lived in a cottage in the woods. Whereas in her book, they started out in this uh, with this rich lifestyle and then transitioned to being poor. Um, and there's some other, other uh, differences as well. There's there's a bear that's in here, and in the fairy tale, the bear turns out to be a prince that Snow White marries. So it, it's a little bit different, but but it's a it's a nice fairy tale. I, I, I like you know fairy tales have happy endings. So you know I'm, I think we could all use happy endings, especially right now. <laughs> Now, I, I did write down, you're talking about the two main characters, Snow and Rose, and I, I wrote down the one of the lines that kind of summarized their characters. Uh, Rose pictures herself as a tidy bow and Snow as a wild tangle. Like you said, that's sort of reversed in the fairy tale. But, you know, they're two very different personalities. And I just want to talk a little bit about how those differences kind of factor into the story and, and their relationship to each other, too. Yeah, so so Snow White is is more impetuous and um, more a little bit more immature, um, and she she uh, she sort of she clings to the past more. Whereas Rose Red is is more is more mature. She's a little bit suspicious, um, maybe, um, and she she's um, she sort of protects her sister, protects Snow White. So. The thing is, though, Snow White is the one who has not given up hope on her father missing. Rose Red, probably deep down inside, um, still hopes that that um, the father that they'll find the father, um, but she's more guarded about that. So Snow, Snow White kind of gets herself into trouble sometimes throughout the book, <laughs> rushing, you know, running off, and, and then Rose Red follows her. But um, because Snow White has not given up that, that hope, they, different, um, different hints are kind of dropped um, throughout the, the book. Um, there, you know, there's a fairy in there, and Snow White's the only one who can see the fairies, maybe because she is more childlike um, and hasn't given up hope. Um, whereas Rose can't see the fairy, you know, until she becomes a little bit more vulnerable. So that type of thing. 
is, uh, you know, that's how their personalities come across to me anyway in, in the book. Well, we probably should say that uh, the character's name Snow White is a different Snow White than uh, people might be thinking, not the Snow White with the apple and all that. So it's, it's the same name, but a completely different character than uh, what people might generally think of as uh, Snow White. Just I thought I'd put that in there. Um, uh, what I thought was interesting about the book too is, and it almost seems like in each chapter there's this this theme about uh, they're they're leaving home, but they always come back home. So they're always in the process that they they have to go out in the world. They always are trying to find their way back home. At the same time, so there's this, uh, this constant sort of back and forth away from home, but always coming back home. In the end, I don't know if you noticed that sort of idea, that sort of you know going out and coming back constantly. Uh, that seems to happen in the book. Yeah, I did. I, I Home and hope are very connected throughout the book, I think. Um, and I was really struck by one, um, you know how Snow White always clings to her past. And so in one scene, she's looking at her old home um, from a hilltop. Um, and then, you know, and, and she, she wants to go back. And then it, there's one uh, line in the book um, as Snow White progresses, you know, in, in her growth, where she thinks her old house is small. And it's after her whole world has kind of expanded by living in the, in the woods and having all these adventures. Um, so I, I was kind of struck by that. Now, I know there's there's also the, all these these uh, there's the number of mysteries that uh, happen in the book that kind of swirl about, like who's the menace of the woods and you know what is this bear who looks out for them and so on. Although I have to say, I kind of figured out the bear uh, <laughs> a couple chapters before uh, it was the, the reveal. But I'm just wondering you know, the, these sort of mysteries kind of keep the reader going on, you know, of what's going on, who's the menace of the woods, and so on. Yeah, I, I, they're almost like little stories, you know, with, with each of these characters. Um, and it actually took me a while to figure out the menace of the, I, I thought I knew who the menace of the woods was until um, they brought in another character. And then I thought, sort of think, well, I wonder if this could be the menace of the woods, <laughs> you know? So it, and it, it might actually, the menace of the woods could actually be more than one person, you know, just, just uh, figuratively, but um, but uh, yeah, I was uh, I was kind of um, struck by that. You know, that that a lot of these characters have their own kind of uh, story in this book, and that started making me think. You know, as, as I was looking through here, it's the 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 story is Snow White and Rose Red, but it, she's kind of weaved in some other fairy tales as well. Right. Did you see, did you see that? Cause I, I thought the, there's a, they call him a little man. Um, and he says he could be called a gnome or a dwarf or, you know, all this. So it kind of reminded me of Rumpelstiltskin, oh, you yeah. know, um, and, and, but there was a gnome in the, in the original fairy tale, Snow White and, and Rose Red, but, but it, his backstory sort of reminded me of Rumpelstiltskin. And then there was a line in here that, um, that sort of reminded me of Beauty and the Beast you know, where they they specifically mention a, a beast and, and loving a beast. And there's also, uh, I sort of saw hints of like Alice in Wonderland, which is not, a, I don't think it's, it's not a Grimm's fairy tale. Um, it was Lewis Carroll, but, but that there's a scene in there with the mushrooms, right? And with Ivo and the mushrooms. Yes, um, that's correct. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that, that sort of reminded me of, of that as well. Um, and then, and then there's also a huntsman in here, another character um, that plays a, a big role that was, I, I don't think was in the original uh, Snow White and Rose Red fairy tale. Um, but, but he was in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So it's like she's weaves sort of all of these um, characters in there, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, there do seem to be lots of little stories, like you mentioned. You know, they they visit all these different people and um, on different places. I know the one that intrigued me the most was that library, where they don't take in any books, but objects that have uh, that tell a story. And I didn't know if you had a particular. Uh, like that's kind of I, I really like that particular moment, you know, and that idea of objects being uh, telling their story. I didn't know if he had a particular favorite moment or scene or character like that. Yeah, the actually the library. I love the library because I, it also seems sort of like a fairy tale, but I thought it was more like a modern fairy tale. You know, these others are all, you know, old fairy tales. Right. But the library seemed like it was more of a modern take on a like a on a fairy tale because they talk about library cards and they have a, a woman working there whereas they don't really have any women working in this book um you know because they didn't really do that back in the middle ages as, as much right um except the, the mom has to you know go out and and get things from the market because now they're they're on their own but I, th- I thought that, that was kind of interesting. The library was my favorite place, probably, you know, as a writer for both of us, right? So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really liked that. That was my, my favorite. And it was really interesting how they said that everything, you know, the, the library isn't about books. It's about stories. And so these, these pieces in there each have their own story, you know, behind it. I, I, I really kind of liked that, how she, how she did that. Uh, it's, it's, she, even though this is based on uh, a fairy tale, but a lot of those stories, you know, they're sort of a matter of fact, and they sort of set the scene quickly and then get to the story. But she actually takes time to develop, you know, you know, the setting, you know, of where this takes place and give it atmosphere. So she goes into a lot more detail about what the world, you know, this place looks like and all the different places like that, uh, uh, you know, underground uh, with the... Uh, the the mushroom boy and what that plays. So she does actually take time, a lot more time than a standard fairy tale, really setting the scene of what it feels like to be there. Oh yeah, I I could imagine everything. You know the the tension and the setting, and I just love the way that she writes is so lyrical and I, I you know delicious. I think I actually I I mean I re- when I really love a book, I read it over several months. I'll just read a few pages at a time. Because I don't want the book to end, so I, I really took my time with with her book because she does such a nice job, just setting up the whole story. And also, she uh, does the illustration. This is not a picture book, but she actually does the illustrations that appear on you know from page to page. Which, um, well, like a picture book can help. Uh, I don't know if it so much helps to tell the story, but in this case, helps to. Um, set a tone, I guess. I don't know if that's the best way to put it about uh, the illustrations that she, she does herself. Yeah, I really like her. And she's also a picture book author, as, illustrator as well. So she's, yes, uh, she's very talented. I really like like her artwork. 
And I don't know what is it about fairy tales in general? Because I know this, uh, there are a lot of books out there, you know, that use fairy tales. Uh, that's an inspiration. This one's a little more direct. Some, you know, they might bury it a little bit. So, what is it about these old tales that uh, writers still keep going back to them as a, you know, as a, a source for inspiration? Well, I think. I mean, for me personally, I I like fairy tales. Um, because they're about hope, a lot of them. You know, there's some dark moments in a lot of the fairy tales, but they usually end up happy, you know, at the end. And so I, I think that's that's something that we all need. You know, it's, a, it's something that's universal also. Um, and it's sort of it's that light at the end of the tunnel, you know, when things are, are hard, if you don't give up hope, that helps you persevere um through it and so and you see a lot of these characters you know in fairy tales they persevere through whatever dark times they have um and and end up happy (laughs) i always think of them too as they're all about solving problems there's always a problem and they figure out you know usually through you know thinking about it and using their you know intelligence to try to figure a way out of uh, a particular bind Yes, yes. And these two girls are very intelligent, Rose Red and, and Snow White. They, there's a, a, you know, the little man, <laughs> the gnome. There are several episodes with him where they have to use their wits to help, um, to help him get out of binds. And even though he's rude, they continue to have hope, you know, and that leads them to continue to help him. <laughs> several more times, you know? So, so yes, I, yes, I agree. And just, just being brave when even it seems like it, it'd be better to run away to just sort of to keep going forward. Yes. Is there a part of the, the, uh, this book that you'd like to share? Yes. I think, you know, going back to hope, I, I, this passage kind of struck me and this is in the library <laughs> Well, it's actually probably, it's right right after they've been to the library. Rose pulled out the card the librarian had given her with the picture of the ship. She thought back to the night she had asked her father when they would see the seven wonders together. As Rose traced her fingers over the pages now, she remembered how her heart had sunk when her father had told when her father told her that most of them weren't there anymore. She also remembered what he said just afterward, seeing her disappointment. Oh, Rosie, there are still wonders left in the world. So I think that, you know, is, he's sharing hope with, with, with Rose there. And then it goes on, it says, Rose closed the heavy book in her lap. As she stood to go help her mother start dinner, Rose felt a sharp jab at her side of the scissors. It reminded her of the librarian and all those objects on all those shelves. She wondered if the library qualified as a wonder, a modest kind of wonder, but still, her father would have liked it. So now she has hope as well, um, thinking that the library might be one of those wonders that she had wanted to see, you know, so long ago with her dad. Yeah, and his father is a bit, uh, an important character, and even though we don't see him in a way i guess (laughs) i probably shouldn't say any more than that yes the father is you know the father always feels like he's he's still kind of there in the book even if he's missing because the the whole story is focused on finding him so we get to know him 
as well through the through the girls, right? Because they're they're you know they're so connected to him, and and they give a lot of his story um, through what they their actions and and their speech in the book. And even though he's been missing, I think the content you're talking about the the importance of hope. That's something that goes through that they're 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 always still searching, you know, or waiting for him to come back because they just have a feeling he's still going to come back. Yes, yes, and I think that's what any child would do, right? And hopefully, nobody will ever have to go through that. Um, but but I think that's a, a natural thing is to 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 not give up hope. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Anita, uh, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to me both about uh, your own picture book, uh, Raja's Pet Camel, and uh, to talk to me about Snow and Rose. Like I said, this is a brand new book to me, which is always exciting when I get a chance to read a book I haven't read before. And so introducing me to this book and taking the time to talk to, to me about it today. Oh, thank you so much, Jody. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I like talking about Snow and Rose. Fairy tales. Thank you. You can find Anita's website at www.anitaaminbooks.com. Thank you for joining me on Dream Gardens. The theme music, titled All Together, is provided courtesy of Purple Planet Music. You can visit them at www.purpleplanet.com. Podcast cover art was created through Canva, which can be found at www.canva.com. You can find the Dream Gardens podcast website at jleemott.com and my author website at jodyleemott.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at dreamgardensjlm. The Dream Gardens podcast is available through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, please comment, share, or subscribe. And until next time, keep dreaming, keep growing, and keep reading. Keep reading.